And I think there's something really exciting and special about a field that's um, sort of emerging and expanding uh, right before our eyes. And uh, I think there's a lot of really cool opportunities uh, for creativity and for uh, new sort of roles in this world. Welcome back, listeners. We're your hosts, Miranda Staunt and Pooja Bhatti. We're extremely excited for our upcoming panel featuring various podcasters and videographer science communicators from across Canada. In the weeks leading up to the panel, we will be conducting short interviews with each panelist to hear a little about what they do and what they're most looking forward to in our upcoming event. This week, we talked to Lucas Cavanaugh, a science writer and video producer. He is also the co-founder of Avo Media and has led outreach campaigns for major scientific expeditions. Hi, Lucas. So thanks a ton for being a part of our event and being a part of our podcast. The few people that we've talked to already that are on our panel have told us that we've kind of hit the jackpot getting you and Desi on our panel. So we're really excited. Uh, we've heard really great things and pretty much just what we're going to do here today is we just kind of want to get a little glimpse of what it is that you do and what your views are on the SciComm community today and what your hope is for the panel to kind of get people who are attending our panel or people who are listening to our podcast, just an idea of what they can expect on November 8th. Cool. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Just really off the bat. We'd love to hear about the work you do for Avo Media and the other SciComm projects you're involved in. So brag about yourself. Tell us a bit about what you do. <laughs> um, so yeah, when, when people ask me what I do, I always have a hard time explaining that. Uh, usually I say I write and make videos about science, um, which is a pretty general <laughs> way of describing it. Uh, essentially, I'm one of the co-founders of Avo Media, which is a company that makes mainly videos, but also uh, podcasts and PowerPoint presentations and websites sometimes uh, about science. And really, we, whenever there's like a complex story that someone needs help telling, uh, we often jump in and, and assist with that. I love that so much. Uh, like... No shame, just went to your website. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> it is. And I was like, this is the kind of work I wanted to do out of grad school for the public good, but then ended up doing for the government. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, thanks. I mean, we, uh, yeah, we've been around for close to four years now and essentially we just do what interests us um and hopefully you know uh pay ourselves enough to live and eat uh, along the way but um yeah it's it's pretty driven by uh what jesse and myself find interesting and motivating and what we see as important stuff to communicate to the public so what was your inspiration behind abo media how did it i guess get launched ah it was pretty organic, to be honest. Um, so after, so I've got uh, an undergrad in earth science, I've got a master's in oceanography. Um, after all of that, I went and started working in SciComm. And my first job in SciComm was 
I guess my first job after grad school. I worked at like a, a science outreach camp um, uh, when I was in undergrad during the summers. Um, and then uh, at the end of my master's degree, I went to work for a nonprofit in Ottawa called Actua, which uh, is an organization that sort of unites these like um, on-campus outreach organizations across the country. Um, and so that was like my first sort of exposure to this world in a professional context. Um, and there I kind of inherited, I was kind of just asked to do like sort of some digital outreach and some videos and stuff like that. And I'd never really done that. Um, my friend Jesse, who's the co-founder of Avo, and I had made a podcast, um, which was called Double Blind Science. Essentially, it was just us talking about science news. Um, We'd done that before, but that was really my only like experience in like the digital media space. So um, as part of this actual job, uh, their sort of asks for videos and online content kind of grew and grew um, and eventually got to the point where I was like, oh, I, <laughs> how do I, how do I do this? <laughs> this isn't my expertise at all. Um, but I knew Jesse who had just graduated from film school in Vancouver. Um, so I looped him into a couple projects there and it kind of grew out of that. Um, more people started hiring us and asking for videos that had to do with science and medicine and all sorts of fun technical stuff. And it just sort of got to the point where we were like, oh, we should probably start a business to do this because people want it. Um, that was that was about it. That was like January 2017. Um, and that's when the company was founded. That is so cool. I have to ask the name Avocado, Avo Media. What was the inspiration? Is it, is it because you're Vancouverites and that's, I live in Vancouver as well and I've had my fair share of that or I'm really curious. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a pretty like bad stereotypical millennial story. It, it, we couldn't, we couldn't figure out a name for the company that we liked. Uh, and we were like delaying the actual process of like, incorporating a company because we couldn't find a name that we liked. Um, and we were having brunch one day and we were just like, okay, if we can't, you know, figure out a better name by the end of this meal, I guess we're just calling it avocado um, because there was avocados as part of the brunch. So uh, that was pretty much it. And then we, we were originally avocado video. We've dropped um, the video part of that and become Apple media just because so much of our work now um, involves uh, writing and consulting and things that aren't solely video, even though that's still the majority of our work. <laughs> that is so cool. I love that. I love that story. Uh, something that I really, so I think one of the great things about being science communicators is that you're also communicators, you know, and, and if you have the skill to communicate science, you have the skill to communicate other things. And, uh, we follow each other on Twitter, and I saw that you and Jesse had made this video about the upcoming BC election. So do you guys also engage in different projects kind of outside of the science space? And maybe how do you decide what kind of projects you engage in? Yeah, that we um, that was first done on a whim last BC election. Um, because, I mean, essentially, we had just a lot of friends who were like having trouble sort of parsing these like complex election platforms. The election platforms that time were a lot more developed as it wasn't a snap election. Um, and uh, so we decided to make a video of it. Um, and we read all the platforms and sort of distilled them into key points and then compared them. 
and put it online. And it, I think it was the first like thing we made that we had this sort of experience of it going kind of semi-viral with. Um, it had about 600,000 views from that video, um, which is cool because it was very BC oriented. And um, that's actually like a good chunk of the population of the province. Um, so that was the first time we did it. And then we've done it since for the BC electoral reform referendum and last year's uh, Canadian federal election. And then we this year have partnered with a uh, local media organization called the Taiyi. And we've done one, uh, which is the one that you saw and shared. Thank you for that. Um, and then we're just about to do another one, which is comparing uh, each party's climate platform and uh, taking a look at sort of diving into each sort of set of promises and saying, okay, which actually has like the potential to reduce our province's carbon emissions. That's really cool. I don't think the general public really realizes how much science and policy and government interact till you kind of end up in that weird in-between realm where everyone's it's almost like a UN conference. Everyone is coming with a different language and now you're trying to draw parallels in order to impact change in society. So I think it's really cool how you've taken your communications and media knowledge and just totally threw it into a different realm where science can have an impact and public education is just very important. Yeah, I yeah, I completely agree. Um, and like for me, like the, the projects that really like interest me and inspire me are the ones that like take science and have some sort of connection and link to people's everyday life. Because I think evidence-based decision-making can be applied to your life in, in many ways. And I think that's quite important. Um, not that the videos we make about politics are science communication exactly, but they kind of take those principles of like, here's a really complex system. Um, how do we take it and explain it in a really accessible way. So you kind of led into our next question. Why do you feel science communication is important in today's world? I, I mean, it, yeah, it comes back to kind of what I just said is like, I think evidence-based decision-making is a really like cool process and a really useful process. Um, and I think uh, both individually, all of us and together as a society, we can make uh, better decisions, sort of more, we can, we can make better, more community oriented, more holistic, more empathetic decisions. If we look at the evidence of how those decisions affect those around us and affect ourselves. And, um, I think science communication is a great way to sort of, um, uh, apply that style of thinking to everything, uh, or anything you want to communicate about. That's why I like to do it. That's why I think it's important. And it's amazing because I think really through your work and through a lot of the panelists that we've spoken to or people in the SciComm community is that there are so many ways to communicate science. As long as there's an audience for it, there is some way to communicate it. I was mentioning in the last panel that I am, you know, I studied sciences, but I am personally somebody that I read a journal and I just don't understand it. It's a lot of words. It's a lot of n equals 40 and i'm like what is n in this context and but i love to watch videos i love to 
see presentations and that's how I really like to get my science or not even just science, but even that, that video that you made about the election. The reason I mention it is I loved it. I shared it on every platform that I have, not that I have a huge following, but for the few people that do follow me, um, because it was, it was really informative and it was something very complicated, explained in something so in such simple language that somebody who either who doesn't understand it or, you know, some topics like science and like politics can almost be scary to some people like, oh, like this sounds really intense, but it's explained in a way that's so simple. And so I think it's really great the work that you do. And I think it's really great where science communications is kind of turning. And that's kind of why we wanted to do a, like a digital media theme, because it seems like podcasting and video is what's becoming really popular these days. Yeah, it's it's a high efficiency um way to communicate, which is why I really like it. Like, I, I mean, I was mentioning that podcast that uh, Jesse and I like started, it was like our first project together, really. Um, and I, I was in grad school, we were making the pro- podcast. And it was the one year anniversary of my first like academic paper that had been published. Um, and the journal it was published in like emails you um, on like the one year anniversary of your paper. And it's like, here, look at the stats of your paper. Look at how many people have read it. Um, and so I l- opened that up and I saw that like 250 people had like downloaded the PDF of my paper, which I'd worked for like a good year of my life on. And I was like, oh, the, the podcast episode I made last week got many more, <laughs> many more listens than that. And I've received much more feedback and started many more meaningful conversations from that podcast episode. Um, And that's kind of when I realized, at least for me personally, that's the direction I want to go with my career. Um, Yeah. I I think that that act of making it more accessible um, and reaching a broader audience is, is really rewarding for me personally. Oh, that's so amazing. I love hearing that. That's kind of why we also, you know, initially for our panelists, we would try making Instagram live videos and they're a really fun watch. But we realized that maybe people would like, everybody's a multitasker these days, even though they say that it's not possible to multitask, but everybody likes to do a million things at once. And it's a lot easier to listen to a conversation than it is to watch it or than it is to read it. So no, that's definitely that's definitely a really good point. So what do you hope that people who come to this event or people that listen to, like, what are you hoping that they'll get out of this event and out of this panel? I, I think, like, the world of science communication is so new at the moment. Um, like, in just our sort of chat before we started recording today, we were talking about, like, how there really aren't, like, career resources for this, this world of science communication. Um, I'm hoping that people see that you can kind of do whatever you want, um, in this, in this strange world. And I mean, like the, the job that I have, I created myself because I didn't see it exist anywhere else. Um, and that's worked okay so far, which is kind of cool. Um, and I think there's something really exciting and special about a field that's, um, sort of emerging and expanding, uh, right before our eyes. And uh, I think there's a lot of really cool opportunities uh, for creativity and for uh, new sort of roles in this world. That is so exciting. And that's really great to hear. Leading up to this event, where can people find your work? 
Right. So the company that I've been talking about a lot uh, is Avomedia. Uh, we're at avomedia.ca. Um, and yeah, you can see sort of, a, sort of a selection of our past work there. Um, you can see my random thoughts from my head on Twitter. Um, my, my handle is at uh, Lucas Cavanaugh. That's a horribly complicated name to spell, and I'm so sorry. Uh, L-U-C-A-S-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. Um, and then uh, I also have a personal website, which is lucas.fyi, which uh, you'll see uh, some of my stuff from Avo and some of my just sort of assorted stuff. I also do some freelance writing on the side and a lot of, a lot of other fun things. I would like to point out that your Twitter has a really cute dog photos. And I very, I was rooting for that because you were tweeting out dog photos saying, don't have a snap election in BC. And I was so disappointed when they stopped. <laughs> I know. I tried to blackmail the premier by sending out cute puppy photos, but it did not work at all. No, not at all. Um, I'll, I'll post some more photos of her. She's, she's growing up so fast and it's, uh, just remarkable to like, look at those photos that I posted like a month ago and look at her now. And it's like, oh, wow. She looks like an adult dog in comparison. It's amazing. Your Instagram is also loaded with cute puppy photos. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a few on there for sure. I, I don't Instagram nearly as much as I should. So, uh, maybe that'll inspire me to post some more. <laughs> no, I mean either. I I recently got Twitter and it's way too addicting. I really enjoy it. <laughs> like Oh my goodness. And you know, it's a very sneaky thing when you control multiple Twitter accounts because no matter what, I will always have a solid 2 likes on every tweet. How how does that happen? <laughs> I was recently called out on that actually. <laughs> Someone was like, "Is that you?" <laughs> I get super excited because I'll post something and then immediately it gets three likes and they're all puja from different accounts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final question, just for fun. Uh, if you were an element on the periodic table, which would you be? It's a really good question. And that caught me completely off guard. Wow. <laughs> I used to also work at a summer science camp. I feel like we may have worked at the same one. And they asked me this, and I was like, ooh, that's an interesting question. That's a good question. What science camp did you work at? It's called Gearing Up at UBC. Oh, yeah. So that's a member of Actua. That's a member of the nonprofit that I, uh, I worked for. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I, I worked there for a summer. But... Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what you'd be if you were an element on the periodic table? I have always been very partial to nitrogen. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I like it. It's got a lot of, I mean, it's got some good state, not a lot of, it's got some good stable isotopes to it that just kind of like flow through everything. And I mean, just on my like, on my research, which is kind of a past life for me, I was always very fascinated by like the things we could figure out from like tracking nitrogen isotopes. So I don't know if that, I don't know if there's any connection to my personality there, but uh, I've always been very partial to nitrogen. 
I love that. I will take that 10 on 10 for that answer. But we are so excited for you to be at our panel on November 8th. So thank you so much for chatting with us. And we can't wait for everybody to hear more about what you and Jesse do and kind of about what the digital media podcast video space, SciComm space, you know, all the adjectives in there, all the words and what you guys have to say about it. We're really excited for that. Yeah, me too. This is going to be fun. Thanks so much for having me. This is flattering and, uh, and exciting. And that wraps up today's interview. Be sure to tweet us at Side Networkers to let us know what questions you'd like us to ask Lucas or any of our other panelists during our event. The panel is on November 8th at 1 p.m. Pacific. And if you haven't registered, you can find the event on our social media accounts. See you in the next episode, and we hope to see you at the panel.